Strip with the Great Big Yes podcast. Thank you for being here. I am so excited about today. As you know, on this podcast, I encourage you to say yes to a greater calling in your life, to live with passion and purpose and make a difference in the world. I started this podcast back in 2016, and originally I always did interviews. And so I would have a guest on each week. And now, as you know, I've changed that up a bit. And sometimes it's just me coaching and teaching on the podcast. But today, I actually have two guests. And I'm super excited about this. One of them is my good friend Davis, who you guys have met before. She was actually my first guest on the podcast back in 2016. And she's here today with her friend, who she just introduced me to, Heidi. And Heidi Gettleman is a facilitator for The Work, The Work by Byron Katie. Many of you have heard of The Work. Many of you have had experience with The Work, gone on a retreat, or you follow her or have read her books. Um, This is such good stuff, you guys. I mean, this is like chain-breaking freedom coaching. And I can't wait for you to hear this episode because I actually asked Heidi to walk Davis through, facilitate a session with her through the work. And it's really powerful to listen in to someone else kind of discovering um, through the work, uh, maybe a thought that they had that wasn't true or that was causing them harm. And if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know that I'm all about taking every thought captive. And so we take every thought captive. We say, is this thought true? And with the work, there's four questions that she asks, and then there's a turnaround. And so she's going to explain more about that. But to see it in action or to hear it in action for you guys, I think is going to be really powerful. If you want to learn more about Byron Katie, you can go to her website. If you want to learn more about Heidi, you can go to her Instagram. I have all of that stuff in the show notes. So just go ahead and listen today and experience the work in action, and it really does bring about freedom. I am really interested in sharing tools and tips and tricks for you to go deeper within yourself and to free yourself up from any thoughts that are no longer serving you. Sometimes we have a thought or a belief when we're younger that serves us for a period of time, and then it just becomes time to get rid of that thought and we don't know how. And so the work can help facilitate that. And that's what life coaching is all about. You know, coaches ask really good questions to help you discover within yourself um, the answers. You have the answers. You have what you need. And so this, of all times in my life, at least in the history of the world, right? Right now, we are in a time where we're physically distancing and we have more time on our hands. And a lot of us are really interested in going inside of ourselves and doing that inner work and being more introspective. And so this is a great tool for that. And there's a lot of free resources on the site that you can check out as well. So you can dig deeper if you feel led to do so after this episode, which I think you might. Um, I know I do. It's Very exciting work. So without further ado, I can't wait for you to meet Heidi and Davis. And here they are. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you guys so much. All right. Enjoy. Okay. All right. I'm so excited to welcome you guys. Um, Okay. So I've got Heidi and Davis here. And I first want to just explain, um, Davis and I have known each other since sixth grade. And 
have always kind of been on this like personal development, self-help kind of uh, journey together and loving all this work. Um, and so Davis has introduced me to her friend, Heidi, who I'm so excited to meet. Hi, Heidi. Hi. Um, and Heidi has had met Davis through doing um, Byron Katie's The Work. You guys were on retreat together, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Nine and days. how many years ago was that? It was in October of um, 2012, 2012. Okay. Such a long so. time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Feels so, like yesterday, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's so awesome because if you guys have been listening to the podcast or watching any of my lives or anything, you know that Davis has been walking me through some of the work and asking me questions and helping me uncover my shadow. And all of this work is so interesting. And so I wanted to bring to you a conversation where Heidi is going to walk Davis through, do you call it the work or what do you call it when you talk about this? Yeah, the work. That's exactly what it is. We do the work. Okay, awesome. So Heidi, do you, oh, well, first of all, I'll have Davis introduce herself and just kind of say like what you're up to, who you are um, before we kind of jump in. Okay, well, I'm Davis Serler, and like Sue said, we've known each other since sixth grade, and um, we always popped back into each other's lives under the umbrella of like, you know, what's up, you know, let's do better, and, you know, and just getting engulfed in conversations. So right now, I am an infant child sleep consultant, and what I really want to do is start segueing into a coaching business as well, because it is really what I do most of the time, but for right now, it's all about babies and kids and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm up to. But mainly I am during this quiet time is I'm just feeling those things pop up, those shadows, those beach balls. And I'm just so willing and open to take care of them. In other words, do the work. Okay, so I love how you mentioned beach balls. Like everybody listening knows what we're talking about. So can you explain <laughs> the beach balls? I know, I know, I love the beach ball analogy. So you know, just like with everything, you know, people in our lives, everything in our lives is is um, a mirror. It's, and so we spend our entire lives, you know, our shadows, our whatever it is, where it's something happens. It can be big, it can be small, whatever. But most of our energy is driven by pushing. Like just picture yourself in a lake and or a pool, whatever you want to do, and just picture something like bugging you or whatever, and a beach ball pops up, because that's what it is, just picture a beach ball. And instead of like saying, oh, there's a beach ball, like, you know, let's take care of it and get it out of the pool, what we end up doing is going over to the beach ball and then spending all of our energy pushing it down. And then next thing you know, we have like so many beach balls in our entire lives are, are about pushing those beach balls down through blame or avoidance or whatever it takes. So, you know, our relationships, people, everything is what makes those beach balls pop up. So you can either spend the rest of your life pushing them down or you can like look at them and, and all of a sudden it's like, it's okay if they're floating around your pool, whatever, or sometimes they just completely disappear. So that's my beach ball analogy or my life. Yeah. I love the beach ball analogy. And I think during this time, what's happening is the beach balls are popping up and a lot of the co coping mechanisms that we had to deal with the beach balls are no longer available to us, right? 
Like I know I used to just go like wander around Target or TJ Maxx or I, you know, and we can't do that anymore. Or some people would just like go out and like plan to plan to go out with friends all the time or just kind of avoiding dealing with the inner work. And now we're kind of faced with ourselves. And so. Well, I don't know about that because this is kind of funny. Um, I was, (laughs) first of all, Elliot, my middle daughter, she works for Kendall Jackson Wines and they are killing it. Like people are drinking themselves like into oblivion. But I read an article yesterday that alcohol sales have gone up 243% during the quarantine. So Whereas I think that that's what this is all about. We are faced with, are we going to take care of it or are we going to push it down through overdoing our things, right? Like alcohol, eating, whatever it is. So I think that's, that's the choice that we're being faced with during this quiet time. Like which road are we going to take? That's how, that's how I am perceiving this whole time. I love that. And, and just for the listeners, the, a funny thing that Davis once sent me recently, it was like a little um, gif. And it was like, you're st- it's, I was, it was like a person standing next to a pool and the beach ball didn't just like pop up. It popped up out of the pool and like hit the person. So it's almost like our life's work is to deal with these things. And otherwise they're going to keep popping up right? And so we don't just yeah. see it in maybe one relationship, we see it in other relationships. And I think what was Everything. so great before when we started talking is it's not about those other people. It's about doing the work within ourselves. And then that is actually eventually what leads to the freedom and no more popping up of beach balls. Yep. So Heidi, you know, you've done so much more work than I have with facilitating with the work, the actual work. So Remind me, remind us of like when those people are gifts, right? Like that's, is that's kind of how it's explained. Like whenever somebody shows up, acts just through themselves, but yet it makes a beach ball pop up. Like how at the end can we actually really see that person? Well, what I've learned through the work um, and just through life in general is you know, we avoid those things that we want that are bugging us, that cause us pain, that irritate us. We avoid working on them just because that's what we do. Nobody wants to dive into their pain. Um, But eventually life loves us enough to just keep throwing that thing at us and keep throwing it at us until it's so painful that we have to deal with it. You know, Sue and I were talking earlier about how um, when the student is ready, the teacher comes. You know, we've all heard that saying, And when you're not ready, you're not ready to do this work or any other work. But then when it finally shows up and you do this work, you get that sense of how everything that's been happening around you in your life and all those people that seem like such a burden or such an irritation or such a a true pain in your life are actually your teachers. They're your gifts. They're the ones that have like those gems of knowledge about yourself. And for me, learning about the work helped me to see number one that I was in charge of myself yes. and believe it or not for most of my life everyone else was in charge I didn't know that I could take control of my happiness and my peace um, and so that was a, just a revelation for me I remember hearing by Byron Katie once say you don't have to believe your thoughts it was just the most simple sentence you don't have to believe your thoughts and I was like well, what I don't. 
that is great news. <laughs> and from that point on, that began kind of my journey with doing the work, um, which began in about 2010 or 11 when a friend of mine had shown me a couple of Katie's books and they sort of registered but didn't really land for me. And so I kind of ignored them for a while. And then somehow she came on my radar again and I started watching any video of her that I could find or listening to any recording of her doing the work with people. Um, I just dove into it and immersed my life in it. And it made huge changes for me. And from that point on, I decided to really pursue it and start um, uh, going through all the requirements to become a facilitator of the work. Now, we've been talking a whole bunch about the work. <laughs> and so maybe I'll um, dial back a bit if that's okay, Sue, and actually explain yes. what it is. Perfect. So the work is to put it, if, if Katie was here to answer, she'd probably say it's a process of inquiry, just to give it a definition. But for me, what the work is, is when I hear a statement, for example, like uh, Wayne Dyer, I think it was his quote, my apologies to Wayne, may he rest in peace if this was not his quote. But I think he said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. He did and I would that. hear things, that was Wayne? Okay, good. <laughs> when I hear things like that, or when I would hear things like that, I'd be like, wow, that sounds so liberating, but How? Like, what? Yep. Like, how do I change the way I look at things? I've always looked at things the same way. I've looked at things the way I've been taught to look at things. And that's just my MO. That's what I do. How do I change the way I look at things so that my life can change? And lo and behold, the work came on my radar. So what the work is, is this really super simple, but crazy profound process of distilling a thought, finding what the thought is that's really bugging you or hurting you or causing you rage, pain, sorrow, whatever stressful thing you're feeling, finding that thought um, and then really anchoring into that thought and applying four questions and a turnaround to that thought. And so um, you can do the work on your own. You can do the work with a facilitator. There are so many ways to do the work, but what the process is is you take a thought, for example, he hurt me. Let's just use a basic one. I think everybody has experienced that on some level in their life. He hurt me. There's a thought. And the four questions, I'll just explain them, those to you first. Um, the first one is, is it true? So what you're going to do is take that thought, he hurt me. <clears throat> you're going to go back into the situation where you believe that he hurt you and really look at it and answer with only a yes or a no. Is it true? And so if you see Katie take people through this process, you'll notice that she has them get still and really listen and only answer with a yes or no because your mind is going to want to explain and justify and figure it all out through your mouth. But she always says, nope, one syllable, yes or no, is it true? Then the second question in the work is, can you absolutely know it's true? Whether or not your answer is yes or no, to, is, it is it true? Doesn't matter. There's not a right or wrong. But then you move to the second question, can you absolutely know it's true? And that gives you another second to go just a little deeper and go, okay, wait, can I absolutely know for certain without question that this statement, he hurt me, is true? And what this is doing is just kind of cracking you open to start looking at other possibilities for what you believe. Then question number three is, 
how do you react and what happens when you believe that thought or when you think that thought? And so this is a chance to look at the havoc <laughs> that it wreaks in your life or the pain that it causes you when you believe he hurt me. So if I went back to a situation where I thought, oh, he hurt me, I could take a few minutes and really, really look at how it affects me physically. I can feel it in my gut. I can feel it in the tension in my shoulders. You can look at the way it makes you perceive that person, the way it makes you treat that person, the way it makes you treat yourself, what it does to your life when you believe he hurt me or whatever you're believing. And then question number four is who would you be or what would your life be like without that thought? Same circumstances, everything is the same, but if you didn't have that thought in your head, he hurt me, what does your life look like? And it's a chance to really meditate, get still and get quiet and experience what it might feel like if that thought wasn't running your life and totally just dictating every move you make and causing so much pain. And often um, the words that come up when somebody answers the question, who would you be without the thought, are things like free, light, yeah. calm. It's quite, it can be quite a beautiful experience to really sit in question number four. So those are the four questions that you apply to whatever that statement is. He hurt me, um, she lied to me, whatever it is. And then once you've kind of gone through those thoughts and it's kind of opened your mind up to uh, what this thought looks like in your life, then you apply the turnarounds to the thought. And you'll, you'll see, all the listeners will see as I take Davis through this process, what that looks like. But the turnarounds are just ways of flipping the statement to its opposite to sort of see um, other perspectives on what you've been believing. So for example, he hurt me, turn around to, he didn't hurt me. And then what you would do is start to find examples from within yourself. These are your answers. This is your wisdom. Nobody else can do this work for you. You start to find examples of how he didn't hurt me. How, wow, it's actually not true that he hurt me. He didn't hurt me. Uh, or another turnaround for he hurt me would be, I hurt him. Okay, so I'm going to look at that same situation where I've been believing and telling anyone who would listen, he hurt me. I'm going to look at how I hurt him in that situation. And then there's another turnaround for he hurt me, which is I hurt me. And I'm going to take a look at how I hurt me in that situation. Oh, actually, it wasn't him that did it. It was me that hurt myself. Anyway, I'm kind of getting ahead of us here, but um, that is the process of the work. Four questions applied to that statement and then turnarounds applied to that statement. And let me just tell you, there is a world of freedom. <laughs> so we didn't, so I just realized we just got off on a tangent. Shocker, Sue. But we didn't even let Heidi tell who she is. <laughs> no, you just started asking her questions. I'm like, I'm just going to let it roll. But yes, Heidi, if you could introduce yourself and just um, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, sure. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about myself. I'm reluctant to do that. But my name is Heidi Gettleman, and uh, I am many things. I'm a mom. I'm an artist. I'm a facilitator of the work. I, um, I am a lover of life. Like I just am really learning that life 
has a lot to give me and there's so many more things to be grateful for than to complain about. Um, I learned about the work back in 2010 or 11 and it has just kind of snowballed in my life since then. And I have been to what's called the School for the Work a handful of times and other events with Byron Katie and those have all been part of my um, training to become a facilitator of the work. Um, and I'm not quite a certified facilitator yet, but I'm on the road there and just about done to where I can call myself a certified facilitator. <laughs> awesome. Heidi, tell everybody where you're from. Oh, that stuff. <laughs> you actually want to know about me. Uh, I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, I was born and raised here. I've been here all my life. And it's April 14th and there is snow on the ground. <laughs> Just saying. Forever out there enjoying spring weather. Like We're me. here having what we call third winter. <laughs> yeah. It's snowing in Chicago too. I, I know. I know. So, yeah. yeah we, um, so, Heidi, we're all over the place. I have a question for you, Heidi, as far as, because a lot of people that listen, great big yes is all about saying yes to a greater calling in your life, right? So mm -hmm. there's the part of the work that I'm so excited to watch, like have them kind of watch you do your work. But I'm curious, um, how was it for you when you decided you wanted to actually be a facilitator in this? Like, this is something that I think a lot of women feel called to like help people or maybe um, learn a tool to kind of share with people. Mm -hmm. um, but then they might hesitate out of fear or something. How was that whole process for you? Like, did, did you decide one day, oh, I want to facilitate this? Or did you go through the whole process? Like, how did that kind of unfold? Uh, you know, it unfolded through, uh, like I mentioned before, I was just listening to, to Katie take people through the process of the work over and over and over again. I just, anything I could get my hands on, I would listen to all the time. and it was so profound to me and I'd noticed such huge shifts in my life. And I think there was just a day where I realized, wait a second, I could do that. She's just asking questions. She just sits there and asks, people's question, asks people questions. And it's not, she's not providing answers. I don't have to provide answers. They have their own. I'm just guiding them to find that answer inside themselves. Um, and so I dove in, I, and that's unlike me. I will think about things and research things and put things off for decades. But this was a different circumstance where I thought, you know what, I'm gonna do it. And I signed up for what's called the School for the Work. It's a nine day intensive uh, immersion into the work um, that normally happens when we're not a world in quarantine, happens uh, twice a year in the spring and fall. Um, I went to that school and then I continued, I went to it a few more times uh, in different years and then started just taking different courses and different trainings um, that Katie provides for people who want to become facilitators. But I will say that I know that recently the, um, the process of facilitation has changed. So uh, if anybody was interested in that, they would need to pursue and look at what's going on with that. I can't answer that for you right now, but, um, I will mention that everything you need to know about the work is found on thework.com. Um, it's a, a beautiful, clean, easy to navigate website that just has everything you could need and all the answers to any of your questions. Well, I feel like her work has um, definitely informed a lot of other people's work. And now as you see people kind of out there sharing new ideas or, you know, recycled new, I'm doing quotes, new ideas, um, 
a lot of what she's done, she kind of feels like the OG in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot that she's done that I think has really helped people. And then they've kind of used it to kind of develop their own way of kind of explaining it. Right. And so I love the idea of just kind of going back to the source. And I love when I look at her website, she's so um, captivating to me. Like, I want to watch her. Like, I want to listen to her. I feel very yeah. like comfortable, like looking at her and like, like almost like she's cozy. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> That's like, a great word. It like, makes perfect hang, sense. That's such a good it word. Does. You could hang around with her. Like she's like a, like motherly or nurturing in a way that is just really beautiful. I think sometimes teachers can come off a little like off, like standoffish or a little harsh or a little aggressive. And she's none of those things. And I think that's so beautiful. It is beautiful. She's got, she's got those eyes that you just disappear into and that beautiful white hair. Um, but beyond just her physical beauty, she, she just exudes love. And she is so um, clear. I think that's what it is. I think that's part of why her eyes look so amazing is she's just clear. Yes. And, and she, she sees through uh, bull. She sees through um, excuses or the layers of things that we put onto our stories to protect ourselves. And she has a way of just gently, but really, really um, effectively calling you on it and yeah. taking you back to the essence of the work, which is just question, just whatever you're believing, question it. I love it. It's so good. Okay. So I want to get into it. So, um, so for the listeners, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to let Heidi and Davis have a session. Like this would be um, Heidi facilitating Davis in a session of the work, right? Um, I have a question for you before we start. If somebody was looking into doing this, is this something you usually would do in person or is this something you would usually do like over the phone or over Zoom? The beautiful thing about it is both of those things work. Um, and I know that there are, myself included, a lot of facilitators throughout the world who their, their primary mode of nowadays with the technology, right? Their primary mode of doing the work, facilitating the work is uh, over um, the internet, whether you're um, on the phone with somebody, whether you're on Zoom with somebody or Skype or whatever it is. There also, I will let, you, let listeners know that there is something that you can access through the work.com called the helpline. And it is a completely free and completely anonymous resource where you can call in and trained facilitators will take you through the process of the work. They'll help you. They'll either question a thought that you come prepared with, or they will help you identify in a situation what's going on for you. Because sometimes there's so much emotion and thought and complicated garbage inside our heads around a painful situation that it can be difficult to nail down exactly what's bugging me. What do I need to question? And facilitators can help you do that as well. And you can also, um, there's something that we sometimes refer to as a paper facilitator. And that is if you go to the work.com, you'll notice um, that in the top right-hand corner of the website is a blue button that says downloads. And if you click that, you get a bunch of different resources that are free to download. And there are two that I want to mention right now, and one is called the Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet. And what that is, is basically a way to um, get all the thoughts that are occurring to you in a situation captured on paper so that um, they're not floating around and disappearing in your head and, and becoming convoluted with other thoughts in your head. Um, 
you get them on paper and then you can question them really clearly. And then the other thing on this downloads um, window on the website is something called One Belief at a Time. And that is the paper facilitator I just referred to. So if you look at the One Belief at a Time uh, worksheet, you can write down the sentence that you want to question, like he hurt me or she lied to me. And then the questions are right there with space to answer the questions on the sheet. Awesome. Um, so that's another way of doing the work. You can do it by yourself. In fact, I very often will facilitate myself in my car. <laughs> I do too. I do, I, that I do too. too. I, I, I do tons of facilitations on myself, whether yeah, it's the work too. or the shadow work, because yeah, it's, it's right there just answering the questions honestly with yourself. I'll sit in my car and I'll pretend there's a facilitator in the passenger seat <laughs> and I will ask the questions out loud and then I will answer that invisible facilitator in my passenger seat. I love it. I've had some of my most enlightening moments just driving in my car. <laughs> Help the listeners understand too, if they've never done this kind of work before, what would bring someone to a facilitator or what would bring you as two people who know the work to start doing the work on yourself? What is the emotion or feeling or action, what's happening in you that causes you to say, oh, I need to do the work right now. Name it. A negative emotion. Comfort. For me, it's just comfort. Yep. Stress. Could it be like anger, rage? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorrow, annoyance, you name it. If it's a, if it's something you don't like feeling, then that's life indicating to you, hey, you need to question this. And Katie often refers to that as a little temple bell that rings. When you're feeling some kind of stress yep. or pain, it's a temple bell going, hey, you're believing something that's not true. You're in the dream. Wake up. I love that. I, I love that. that. You're in a dream. Wake up. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Okay, and then this well, process is what helps you wake up. I love it. Okay. So we're going to get started. So I'm going to go ahead and like mute myself and... Um, <laughs> You guys can just do your thing. And thank you for offering to do this, both of you, because I know that this is, you know, we were talking about, Heidi and I were talking about when we first got on how sometimes we learn from reading a book, but a lot of times for me, I learn from watching it like actually happen and unfold. And so um, as we're listening today, um, for all of our auditory people, you're going to be able to hear it. And it's, I think for me, that's going to help solidify it. And so I hope that happens for the listeners too. So, all right. Thank you. you. All right, my Davis. (laughs) Are you ready? I, oh my gosh, I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So um, first I'm going to ask you, and I'll I'll tell the listeners real quick. um, Normally what we do if we had more time is uh, I would go with Davis through a judge your neighbor worksheet, which again, you can find on the work.com. And that is where you just, outline and just um, vent everything that you're thinking and feeling about a particular situation, a moment in time. So what I'm going to do first is ask Davis about that moment in time for her. And then rather than doing a whole worksheet, we're just going to right now choose one sentence, one belief around that um, situation. So Davis, tell me your situation. Okay. So the situation has been going on for quite a while, but what really popped that moment up for me was finding out that my ex-husband has been claiming our 25-year-old daughter on his taxes for years and and finding out that it made sense why he has not encouraged her to get a job or to move out or so forth. So that was the situation 
that that really was like, whoa, like punched me in the gut. Mm. And that exact moment in time, describe what it looked like. Where were you? What were you doing? What time of day was it? Just paint the picture. I was just sitting, sitting in my living room and um, my daughter texted me and just let me know that she wasn't going to be getting any money back on her taxes, but um, she doesn't owe anything. So that was the good news. And she was a little bummed that she wouldn't be getting a stimulus because she is in an industry that she cannot work she cannot so zero money zero option for money is coming in and so she was very much looking forward to that but found out she couldn't because dad had claimed her on her taxes and this was all going on through text and okay. like i mean i think my head popped off <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah those emotions are telling us something yeah okay so you are sitting in your living room you're on your yeah. phone texting with your daughter and she's mm -hmm. just informed you that her dad has been claiming her as a dependent. Yes. Okay. And what is the thought that you have that makes your head pop, pop off? What is the one that causes you the most grief? Well, you and I had gone through a little process when we broke it down is, but the thing that really made my head is, is the overwhelming feeling of, there we go. He's holding her down again. He's holding her down. He's holding her down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the statement that we're going to question for Davis today and take her through those four questions and uh, turnarounds. Okay, so Davis, put yourself back on the couch, looking at your phone. She's just told you all this information. You're feeling that feeling inside. He's holding her down. Is that true? No. Okay. And now since Davis's answer to that first question was no, I'm gonna skip, can you absolutely know it's true? And go to the third question. So he's holding her down. How do you react and what happens when you believe he's holding her down? Right there in the moment on your couch. I instantly, can, could feel my entire body contract. Um, I, I, that's the main feeling. I could feel my entire body contract. My thoughts just went haywire. You know, a hundred thoughts at once, like, sh is she sure? Should I text him? Should I call him out on this? Should I find out why? what the hell's going on? Like, what an asshole. I mean, just so many thoughts at once. Like it was almost blinding. Mm -hmm. And, and, but the real thing that popped out was how I really felt it like in my solar plexus, like my, I could just honestly feel like my entire gut area just constrict and just mm -hmm. anger, so much anger bubbled up at that point. And did you find yourself jump into the past or the future? Could you see images? Oh, I jumped so far in the past. Like, I mean, it was, it was like um, putting a car in reverse and backing up and just going like this and 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 this. So yes, I, yeah, I just wanted to, pardon me? For example. 
What, um, what image from the past came up for you? Oh, just how um, she has lived with him for all these years, that um, he has never encouraged her. Just the fact that she's still so dependent on him and, you know, just, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of, of thoughts mm -hmm. were coming up mm -hmm. in circumstances were coming up. Mm -hmm. And so how do you treat him when you think this thought he's holding her down? Um, I pick apart every single thing he does. Um, I... I find myself wanting to build an alliance against him. I find myself wanting to wanting to um, pinpoint all the ways that he did. I treat him like I feel disgust when I'm around him. I won't even look at him in the eye. Um, I have a tendency to like want to call him out. I just I treat him. I treat him like I hate him is how I treat him when, when, um, all of this, that's how I treat him. I treat him like I hate him, but I am forced to tolerate his presence. Mm. And so just notice, does this thought he's holding her down, does that bring peace or stress? <laughs> <laughs> so much stress mm -hmm. that it has it has directed my life in so many unfortunate places so much stress yeah so i'll just say to the listeners listeners this is this is davis is doing such a brilliant job of painting that picture and getting in touch with what this does to her life when she believes just this simple thought that popped into her head he's holding her down and look at the chaos and the agony that that thought creates. Yes, so much agony. So question number four. So go back to your couch, you're sitting there looking at your phone, texting with your daughter. Who are you? What is it like without the thought he's holding her down? I actually have to go through a little process for that too. Like I have to bundle it up like in a sack and like hand it over to actually release that. Like that's my process of being without that thought. Brilliant. To, let, to let the listeners know, like I put it all like in like, and I tie it up and then I like put it over to the side. Mm -hmm. So, um, or I surrender it to God. Like I'm like, Hey God, hold this for me for a minute so I can mm -hmm. be free. Like that's mm -hmm. kind of what I internally do. Um, okay. So I'm on my couch and I'm just reading the text without, without the thought. Um, I, I actually am getting chills right now because like, I just see myself shrugging my shoulders and go, okay. All right. I instantly go right back to the facts and that's all I see. That's all I see without the thought. Um, 
visually that's all I see is just looking down at the text and just seeing the words just the words that she wrote to me and mm -hmm. um <laughs> how, how, how does it feel physically now without the thought the physically is big like um I, I actually see me the listeners cannot but you probably saw an instant change in my posture because I noticed I instantly sat mm -hmm. up and I didn't even realize it but I sat up um my chest feels so light my whole solar plexus feels light like open open and yeah it's yeah my whole my whole existence just feels a lot a lot lighter and i actually have this this funny visual of um of uh henley skipping my daughter skipping oh interesting yeah <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> like I wasn't expecting that visual, but I, but the visual was her skipping. Yeah. So um, again, for the listeners, um, this isn't Davis um, seeing what life would be like without this situation, without her ex having claimed his daughter as a dependent. This is the same situation. It's all identical, but without believing he's holding her down. Mm -hmm. It just, it just is. <laughs> so next is awesome. the turnarounds then. Oh, how I'd love the turnarounds. <laughs> so he's holding her down. What is a turnaround for he's holding her down? He is not holding her down. So now um, Davis has identified he's not holding her down is the actual turnaround. Now she's going to explain that and give me some, some examples of how that just might be true as well. Um, okay. He's not holding her down. Um, he has encouraged her to start her own business over the last year. Um, he shares her business with a lot of people. Um, and uh, he truly believes in her business and what she does in her art and her business. Okay. And I would look at maybe also, is it act for one person to hold another person down? Absolutely not. No, no. Say more about that. <sighs> Hen <laughs> Henley has been an active participant <laughs> in letting it happens so no it's it's absolutely not not possible for one person to hold another person down absolutely not so what's another turnaround he's holding her down um you're you'll have to help me on this heidi so would another turnaround be i'm holding henley down i'm holding my daughter down mm Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Especially right in that moment when you looked at that text and felt that rage in the solar plexus, I'm holding her down. 
Well, um, what really comes to mind is I instantly wanted to blame him. And I suppose that is a form of holding her down by blaming him. Um, uh, in that situation, holding her down. Um, this is a tough one because I may be under something or not with this, but holding her down in the way of I don't know. I'm kind of stuck here uh, in that situation of of me holding her down. Me, the thing that it keeps revolving back down back to should I have asked her more questions or should I have left it alone? Because I did leave it alone. Um, but holding her down in that situation, I may I'm having a hard time like coming up with with three situations. The mm -hmm. only thing by holding her down is my reaction was instantly going to blame mm -hmm. him what about in that moment um what you were thinking about her like how were you oh, that's a good one. down within yourself maybe not actually outwardly i was yeah that's that's excellent i hope the i hope the listeners really hear that uh yeah the the thought me holding her down was was thinking she was being dumb like Henley you're being dumb like that you know like holding her down in the way of not believing in her that she knew what was best for her in that situation yeah yeah not believing not believing that she knew how to handle the situation that was how i was holding her down not believing that she knew what was best for her in that situation what about another turnaround he's holding her down um uh, the third one is is the tough one um hmm I am not seeing one. Are you seeing one? Uh, I do see some um, that you could look at and I'll just, okay. I'll, I'll list the ones that I see and you can choose, you know, which one of those you want to have a look at. I can see she's holding him down. I can see um, he's holding you down. I can see you're holding him down. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And, and um, I can see that you, there's, I'll say for the listeners, this is a really often a very valuable turnaround is where you take this sentence that you've identified, he's holding her down, and you put yourself into all the positions in that statement, I'm holding me down. Mm, I like that one. I like the one I'm holding me down. Mm. No, no. Right when I said that, it's it's he's holding me down. Okay, just FYI, that's not one of the ones I said. Oh, interesting. Is it? Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, it, I thought you it, did. Can you please rewind? 
did. Okay. I'm taking so notes. About... I'm popping in here. I'm taking notes. You did say that one. I did. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. My only concern, Davis, is um, that uh, that might be something that reinforces your original belief. Yes. Okay. And that actually might be a whole nother um, one belief for me to do also. So I hear you. Mm -hmm. um, the other one that really popped out to me, Heidi, was she's holding him down. That one, that one was, mm -hmm. was good. Um, and I can see that, like, I can see how she holds him captive. Um, so she holds him down. One is, um, he is responsible for her. Like she, she, she does, she, yeah, like um, I'm having a hard time articulating it, but she holds him down. Uh, he doesn't, I don't see him being free in, in having other relationships with women because she's there. Um, uh, she holds him down in the way that she, it has turned into he is financially responsible for her. So he, she is always depending on him. Um, and yeah, she has a large opinion in his life. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting wow. to notice, eh? Yeah. Woo. <laughs> That, I didn't think that would be such a big opening turnaround, but wow. Like, I'm weird in that I see, I, I see visual things when things happen. That's why I talk about the beach balls, but holy cow. Like, that just flew away from me. Like, seeing that turnaround and actually saying those things out loud, like, literally like just like i just felt this big swoosh mm. it just went mm. she actually is a dependent <laughs> <laughs> yes she is wow okay very cool yeah that's the magic of the work because I just exposed it. Wow. Like they can go be whatever they want. And I get to just be me. Yeah, how freeing is that? Uh, uh, it really is about us. It's so freeing. I don't have to hold on to that. I don't have to hold on to that belief any longer. That's amazing. Oh, gosh. See, every time I do this work, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I shared actually with Sue recently of something that I, I, I did with my, I, I facilitated myself. And um, it was about one of my daughters actually think, I had a belief that she thinks I'm stupid. And I totally did my work on it. And our conversations since then have been 
so different, so different. And I think, and the reason why I'm sharing this with the listeners is because I didn't have to say anything to her when I did the questioning and I did the work with myself, it changed how, how she showed up to me. And I think that's the magic in all of this is we don't have to do anything but inquire within ourselves and then everything outside of us changes and that's the magic in it. And I hope everybody hears that there's magic in it. <laughs> well, that sort of brings us full circle to that Wayne Dyer quote, right? When yes. you the way you look at the world, the world you look at changes. And that's the power in the work is it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not about swapping out one rigid belief for a different rigid belief. It's just about cracking it open. A good friend of mine once when I shared the work with her, she said, it's just like you're shaking it loose. It's been so stuck inside your head and in your heart for so long, but asking these questions just sort of shakes it loose a little bit and creates some breathing space around it so that you can see other possibilities and just taste a little bit of freedom. And once you've tasted that freedom, wow, do you want more? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, again, back to my weird visuals about the beach ball. Like, <laughs> it's just somebody, like, I just pictured the beach ball popping up and me just going, bam! <laughs> just, just out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, you don't just struggle to keep that one buried anymore. Just let it go. Yes. Yes. Go. Thank and, you, Heidi. Oh, my pleasure. And I was going to say the lovely thing about the work is it's always there for you. It's always available. So if this, if this thought comes back for you, Davis, um, and you feel that same anger again, you're not doing anything wrong. That again is just like going, oh, hey, you, you went back to that thing. Come on back over here and let's look at it again. Just do the work again. Or if another related thought pops up, you question that one. And little by little, you, you unravel it. Set it free. Set mm -hmm. it free. Mm -hmm. Set myself free. Ourselves. Well, and there's one, I'll just share um, one last thing. And there's an, an analogy that I like to use with the work. Especially when, if somebody is dealing with really a deep, difficult issue, um, it's not like, boom, you do the work and that thing is gone and you are free. Yes. <laughs> um, you can get a taste of it. But the analogy that I often like to use is, you know, when you've, um, for example, you go ice skating and you put on those ice skates and you tie them tight and you do it again and then you do it again and you get them really tight because your ankle needs to be stable, right? So it's got a grip on your foot. And then when it comes time to take that ice skate off, um, you start at the top, right? You loosen that first little bit of lace. And you can't just slip it off after you've done that. You gotta loosen the next one down and then you loosen the third one and then you feel things starting to shift and then the fourth and you keep going down and eventually that boot slides off and it's gone. And, and I feel for me, it's been that way. I couldn't just do the work on one thought and one issue and then all of a sudden it was solved. I just had to keep going and keep going and eventually it just slipped off. I love that you use the nice skate analogy. I know. <laughs> You're Canadian. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not using a wetsuit analogy up here. <laughs> but I like how you're saying that because I think it's really important to say, you know, I think there's a lot of talk in like the coaching world about like mindset and like change your thought and just pick a new thought and like, and people can't just pick a new thought, right? Like, I mean, that's really difficult. And then there's some shame involved if you can't just change your mind overnight and be different, just be different. 
and it's a lot of pressure and it's not realistic. And so I love the idea of there's a process to get there. And it's like, you know, many times I've heard it explained like peeling an onion, right? Like we're not going to get there in one day or one session or like one time. But what I loved watching was the, it's like a, it is like a loosening of the ties because when, when I heard you say you changed it around to she's holding him down, automatically that made space for compassion for him. Yes. That's how I felt compassion for him. And it's like, what a relief if we could all find space for compassion for other people. Right. But it's not like we can just decide you had to go through that process, even though this was a, you know, a compact situation, you did it pretty quickly, but it's like, you still have to find a way to get there without just saying, Oh, just have compassion for people. Yeah. There is always a process. And like you and I keep talking about, Sue, it's the work, it's the shadow process. The goal is always the same. It's all about exposing it and talking to it through a process and setting it free. That that's the huge part. Like it'd be great if I could just be like, hey, I get this, I understand it. It's the do. But if it's there, you've got you've got to unearth it, right? You've got to loosen up those tight shoestrings. I love it. That's my visual now. I see the ice skate. It's so good. (laughs) Thank you for that. It's so good. And the thing is that with this process, you can be gentle with yourself. There isn't there's there's no value in self-blame. There's no value in not beating yourself up ever. And it's really important to go through those forced questions first. Jump to the turnarounds. Your your mind wants to defend itself. Your mind yeah. wants to, yes. to continue to make you right. So if you just go, oh, I'm feeling this thing. What if I flip it around? Sometimes that's really aggravating and it can turn around on you hard and make you feel terrible. But if you go through those questions, like you stop and go, okay, what does this do to my life when I believe this thought? And is it even true? And wow, what would it be like without it? That's amazing. Um, it's, you get to be gentle with yourself. And the thing that one of the things that has come um, out of the work for me is I'm so much gentler and easier on other people because I've looked so much at myself and seen in these turnarounds, oh, it was me doing that. You know, like Davis found, oh, yeah, yeah I was holding Henley down by not believing in her. Once I've seen myself mess up over and over again, but realizing I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to mess up. I really was doing my best. I now can look at it and go, you know what? Those people are doing their best. Everyone else is doing their best. It's given me really, I think our natural state is compassion and it gives you access to that. I love that. I love that. This work gives you the access to compassion. That's, That's a beautiful way to put it. And it's that softer self. It's that higher self. You know, it's like we know when we're accessing that higher self is when we have that love and compassion for everybody. When we're, when we can see people like for what they are and accept them and not have that judgy neighbor thing going on. So it's accessing our higher self so we can be free and like allow other people to be free. But it's so, doesn't it feel good? Like, I love that you guys pointed out the the physical posture, how you were like, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, right? Because I'm, so all about the mind body connection and everything <laughs> spiritual physical relational it's all connected and i can see that when i coach people you can tell the tone of voice and people that are listening yes. to this 
are going to hear the change in your tone of voice at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's so cool. There's like an uplift to it. It's so awesome how we give clues about what we're feeling inside on the outside. Absolutely. I've, I've actually, so Heidi and I did the nine day school together originally when we met. So that's when we met. But one of the things that was so compelling to me about it was doing the work with people and they would physically look different yeah. to me. Like they would, it's like, whoa, almost like a whole different person. And it just really solidifies that belief that it is mind, body, and soul. Like when it's all working together, the external change, everything changes, everything changes for the better. Yeah. So good. All right. Well, yep. you guys are awesome to come on here and give people an example of what this is. And Heidi, I'm so excited to meet you. Me too. This was really fun. Thank you. It's a gift. And so how can people, like if people wanted to do the work, I know you said they could go there and they could go to the website and I'm going to put all of that in the show notes and they can do some downloads and things like that. And then is there like a directory of people who might do this work in their area? There is. So if you go to thework.com, you can find um, uh, a list of certified facilitators. Okay. Um, if you scroll right to the bottom, there's um, just a, a little link to click on certified facilitators. And that's a list of, geez, I don't even know how many, but many, many, many really lovely, talented, good people who are facilitators for the work. I know many of them and just adore them. Um, or you can uh, go to the helpline, call the helpline. And again, you access that through the work.com. Um, yeah. And the helpline, what it will do is you'll, you'll uh, go to kind of the main page for the helpline and it'll show you who is available at what times. And so you uh, usually you'll connect with them through um, Skype or something like that and send them a message saying, I'd like to work with you. And they'll answer back, letting you know if, um, they've got time at that moment or if you need to wait in a queue or whatever. Awesome. Um, and then also, uh, just like I said, those, those worksheets and the one belief at a time worksheets, you can facilitate yourself if you felt so inclined to do so. And another thing just to remember is if you were to go, uh, for example, to YouTube and watch Katie facilitating somebody or listen to, there's a podcast, a Byron Katie podcast. And again, it's just her facilitating people. Um, something that Katie always says is, we're doing each other's work all the time. So when you're listening yeah. to somebody else be facilitated, guaranteed they're doing your work. That's right. No doubt. You, you can find someone in your life that you have had that judgment about different circumstances, maybe different people for sure, but you're going to be able to find those thoughts. Again, like Katie always says, they're just recycled thoughts. We've all had them. We've all experienced these things in our lives. And so we can watch other people unravel that for us. And that's awesome. And that's what we did today. So thank you, Davis, for being the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> oh no, I was set free in so many ways today. Like, like here's when you know you've had a breakthrough. Like I'm almost anxious to be around him again. Like, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, you know, anxious in a good way. Like I'm looking forward to being around him again. So I'm not like spewing venom at him. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's the good stuff right there. All right. Well, thank you guys again. And for thank everyone listening, too. I'll put all the details in the show notes and stuff, but this has been a gift. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Sue. Thank Thanks, you. Davis. Thank you, Heidi.